Win stacks of cash by entering the 150K Crack the Code giveaway. Brought to you by your local paper, now through July 14th. Look for the code on page A2. Then visit 150kgiveaway.com and submit your entry. You could win the grand prize of $100,000. Grab the paper every day. Get the code on page 2A and improve your chances to win tons of weekly cash prizes. Visit 150kgiveaway.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Jacob Myers, crew beat writer for the Columbus Dispatch. Join, now finally back from vacation, a great vacation I would assume, Kyle Robertson at Photo. How was vacay? That was good. Good to be on the beach and uh, kind of relax and, uh, and the kids had a good time. Where did you go? Uh, we went down to Madeira Beach down in Tampa. No way. Yeah. I literally went there for a decade straight when I yeah. was a kid. That's hilarious. Yeah. St. John's Pass. Yeah. You walk around there. Candy Kitchen. You ever been there? I, <laughs> it's been a while, so I don't know. <laughs> yep. That's funny. There was always this store that had a ton of sports memorabilia, bobbleheads or whatnot. Oh, yeah. So, would yep. go there all the time. I know but, exactly what store you're talking about. Yep. Well, Mike's on vacation, which is why I'm poorly narrating this fine show, And but Kyle's going to bring it together for us here. And if you are hearing that ad at the beginning of our episode, that's a new thing. Sorry, you all can't hear our, our great intro music, which I think some people really don't like, but I absolutely love it. It feels like you're walking into some place you shouldn't, you know. Some latest news with the crew as far as injuries. Uh, Josh Williams returned this week. David Akam, who has been out, it says with a thigh injury, but I still think it's a hamstring from when he injured it last. Was that Orlando, I believe? Yeah. Early, early yeah, in the, yeah. or sport, sporting, sporting Kansas City. City. Yeah. Okay. Early that game. He's going to be reevaluated Thursday. Today is Wednesday, uh, July 10th. So he'll be evaluated tomorrow. If he's not playing in this game, I would assume he's probably ready for the game in Bridgeview against the Chicago Fire. Yes, it's Bridgeview. I know all you supporters out there like when it's referred to Bridgeview, not Chicago. Is it still technically inside Chicago yeah, City I think, limits? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. I'd call it Chicago. Yeah. 65 million bucks to leave, though. Yeah, either way, they're going to be out there soon enough. (laughs) And then, as far as the signings, Aloy Room and Luis Diaz are not quite with the club yet. Caleb Porter said today, when I was out at training, that it's probably more likely than not that they will not play at Orlando this week. It really just has to do with the visas and, and getting here. International roster spots, they have one available. I expect another to be available sometime soon, just from what Caleb Porter said last week. They didn't seem too concerned. I would assume that's down the pipe very shortly. And then, let's see, what else? We covered Romario Williams last week. Did not cover Ezra Hendrickson being hired to the assistant coaching staff. Uh, what, what do you remember about him as a player, Kyle? Ooh. I mean, I always thought I, I, I mean, he was good. Um, I liked him a lot. And, uh, you know, he, if I remember correctly, he, he kind of always gave it his all. But, I mean, uh, I wish it was a little bit longer. I mean, I don't quite know exactly how long it was. But, I mean, it was, I think, a, a decent amount of time. But, yeah, I think I think it'll be good. You know, he knows the knows the area, knows the, you know, kind of the setup. And I, I think it'll be a good move for the crew. Disciple of Siggy Schmidt. He's had a ton of coaching experience in MLS. So, yeah, I, I think he'll be a good addition. Then another former player, Dante yeah. Washington, added to the front office. I think this is, this is going to be... Huge. I was going yeah. to try to recite what his official job title is. Essentially, it's connecting the club to the city, which has long been a criticism of the, the past ownership and front office. Clearly, they're committed immediately to doing this. And from what I understand about the role, it's connecting to areas like youth soccer, yep. like an untapped resource such as Ohio State or other partners that they're trying to do and really bring those fans into Mafre until they 
transition into the new stadium. What did you just think about that? No, I think it's I've already been people have already been texting me and said it's a it's a huge move uh, especially on the on the youth club side to have somebody that kind of bridge the gap and we'll kind of talk about this later on in the show a little bit but yeah I think a lot lot of the club soccer coaches and people who run some of the uh, the clubs around here in Columbus are pretty excited to have him kind of in the fold and kind of having that link to kind of connect them with the crew because I think there there have been some huge issues in the past and I think this is a one of the ways that he will help kind of restore that and you you know, not to mention his business side of stuff that he was doing at Nationwide. And then, you know, even with his degree, you know, the business at uh, over at Ohio State. So I think it's a great move. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what, what kind of happens from it. Some stuff currently on our website at uh, dispatch.com. Also follow us at Dispatch Alerts. And then we have a Facebook group, too, if you're not in that for uh, Columbus Crew fans. So please join that. Post all the content in there. Had a story on scouting director Neil McGinnis and got to sit down with him. Has a lot of experience in Europe and in other places. Still very much, you know, the center, the core is Tim Bezbachenko, Pat Onsag, Caleb Porter. But Neil has a, you know, long if you want to call it expertise, of finding players, getting talent. He found Virgil van Dyke, who's like the player, yeah. defender of the world, I, I assume, what, whatever that award was, but guy who's extremely successful with Liverpool. So check out that story if you haven't. That kind of gives you just an idea of who the scouting director is as we're in the summer transfer window here. And also have a story up online of just how the crew is going to work here. Essentially, they're trying to improve as quickly as possible, but they're not going to jeopardize the future. And we've said that if they can't get done this transfer window, expect it being in the offseason. That way, too, you get these guys who can come in and, you know, merge with the culture and the club more naturally, not having to do it immediately like Aloy Room or Luis Diaz might have to. So check that out as well. And then this morning, the crew announced a partnership, and we'll try to explain (laughs) this as best as we can, with IBM IX. It's a type of technology service, a branch of IBM Worldwide, the best, or IMB, IBM. IBM. Worldwide. I wrote in correctly on our sheet here. (laughs) Essentially, the best way that I can describe this, and they've done it with Atlanta United, LAFC, which are two pretty revered atmospheres for MLS games. So I think that's encouraging. And newer stadiums, too, with the newer technologies and just... Yeah, absolutely. They've also done uh, Texas A&M's Kyle Field, which is also one of the top venues in college football. So this is a technology that I would assume is going to be used by more and more clubs as newer stadiums get built across sports. But imagine you're walking into the new stadium, just about anything you see, and they're supposed to maybe develop an app along with this as well, because that's what they had with Mercedes-Benz Stadium and then Bank of California Stadium. Anything you see is going to be helped through this partnership with IBM IX. It's developed really through the fans, what you guys want, the focus groups the crew has done. IBM IX has also collected information data. They got stuff from the league as well. So that's the best as I can explain it is really anything in the in-game experience. They're trying to develop it through here. As far as what that looks like, I think that's very fluid. And I don't know if the front office necessarily has an idea of what specifically it's going to look like. But I think it's an encouraging thing. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's newer technologies. You know, you're going to have a new stadium with, you know, new things things that the crew fans haven't experienced here in Columbus before. So I think any way that they can bring something different, something unique, and something that's state-of-the-art to the new stadium, I think that's a benefit to everyone who goes to the to the stadium. Most of us who have been going to Mafra wouldn't call it, you know, the most... It should be fine. Yeah, <laughs> the most technical or the most technological stadium out there. So I think I think fans are should be excited, and I think fans will know kind of 
what that type of experience is once it's actually there, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, we've talked about before and you guys talked about before I was even here. We're entering a new era in not just the crew, but the league in general. And this is a part of being, what was the term they use? Uh, something about being future-oriented or whatever. It was essentially, they want to, future-flexible right. is what they did. So whatever works now, they right. want to work 10 to 20 years right. down the road. But that's just in sports in general, too. It's not just an MLS problem or, or, or an issue. But for a young it, league, right. I think but, it's more... But, yeah, but, it, but all stadiums are, are having that issue of how to bring people in, how to keep them in, and how to give the best game stadium experience. And I think this will help it. Yeah, I agree. So before we kind of jump into it, let's just do a recap of the national team action this past week. National teams. National teams, yes. Well, I was going to start with the women's team because they're the one that makes more money to begin with. They win the World Cup with four stars now. I was over at Endeavor enjoying it with the fine people there. Where were you watching the game? I was home. So we just got just got back and was able to, from vacation, was able to fire up the, the big screen and, and uh, enjoy it. It was yeah, awesome. It, it, was a, it was a good day for soccer all around. Absolutely. It was just really fun to be around people who totally embrace this team. I mean, I had friends that I ran into over at Endeavor that are not huge soccer fans. They were totally invested in it. And that's really, really cool to see, especially in the market right. of Columbus, which we knew it existed, right. but it is really right. cool to see that. Well, even the TV numbers, the TV numbers came out that the game on Sunday was watched more, had a higher viewer uh, rating than the, the men's game. You yeah, know, the Gold so. Cup final. No, well, the the France, uh, oh, the, yeah. the yeah, men's yeah. world cup yeah. final. Yeah, I think it was like 11 3 to 10 4, something wow. like that. I did not see yeah. that. Very somebody, cool. somebody released it on Twitter. I saw. Okay. Well, the Gold Cup final then the, that night, uh, Mexico wins one nothing over the U.S. Yeah. I think really is what you saw is Mexico's just a more talented team. Well, I mean, if you watch the first half, I mean... you got to put had, away those yeah, chances. Yeah, you, you had... It was I mean, a lucky yeah. ball in behind to Josie Zardes. Yeah. When you get those, yeah. you got to finish. Yeah, I mean, they, I thought they, they created a lot of chances. Or Josie half. Altidore. Yeah. I think I <laughs> mispronounced it. <laughs> no, I think could. Stu Holden did that during the game, too. You combined two guys. Yeah. Well, both uh, of them probably yeah. would have missed the shot. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, they, I mean, they had chances. They had opportunities. They were, I thought they were the better team in the first half. And the second half, you know, Mexico kind of changed things up and attacked a little bit differently. And the U.S. couldn't quite create anything going, I thought. And I wouldn't call it a lucky goal, but that was one heck of a goal to get by Zach. I mean, he kind of hit it off off balance kind of you know it was a weird shot they've been kind of, trying yeah. to break down and yeah. unlock the u.s yeah that whole half i mean you just felt like yeah, something I mean, was Stephen coming just kind of like, just looked at it like he even kind of thought it was over mm-hmm. you know and then just hit the inside you know but i mean i think i think a lot of people going into the tournament would have thought that if they made the finals and played in mexico they would have gotten beat by a worse score so i think there's a lot to look forward to but i think fans should be happy with a few things just the way the style is playing and how it's creating chances but i think people are also going to say hey we got to change out some players you know that are that have been there for a while and kind of see what they have so i think you're you should you should be excited and i think you know i think you're seeing the way greg's system can work when you've kind of experienced it and you kind of had people who buy in and, and you know i thought it looked nice so will trap started one game Jesse Zardes got more playing time than that. I can't remember how many games in general he started, but he was yeah. in there consistently and played pretty yeah. well, I thought, yeah. when he was in yeah. there. Uh, had a very nice finish against Trinidad in their in their group stage game. So I think he's coming back with a lot of confidence. And, I mean, that kind of leads back to... They also... I talked to them today at training. They, they said they really felt like 
this group is starting to understand the way Berhalter wants to play in the system. And I think you start to see right. that as the tournament went on. So that's very encouraging there. But they come back and boy, do the crew need them to play better than ever. And I, I'm looking to write that uh, for tomorrow. They lost 2-1 to Seattle. Just a brutal Ooh. goal to give up at the end. You just can't let up a goal off of a throw. Ladero gets loose on the back right. post. A header off of Cronali goes back to him instead of headed out. I mean, you saw, too, in the U.S.-Mexico game, there was a deep throw into the box there. I think it was McKinney that yeah. threw it, and Mexico it was, deals yeah. with it. There are mistakes that cannot be yeah. done by the crew. I right. think this losing streak is wearing on them, yeah. and I think you're definitely seeing it in plays like that. But, you know, they're right there. They, they had a great first half. I think you you need to see a great second right. half now. It's stuff that we've been saying for a long time, but they lose that. They're 5-13-2 and two now, Ooh. a point ahead of Cincinnati, I believe, with a couple games coming up next month against them. I mean, we'll just kind of get into it here before the, the crew go on the road this week against Orlando. Where's the score going to come from, Kyle? Well, I mean, you'd have to think Zardes. I mean, he's he's back from national team duty, and you would think that if I were the crew, I'd be figuring out any sort of way I can get him the ball, you know, in the box in a scoring situation and kind of go from there. At this point, he's your only hope, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, until then, And you, you have know. no Federico Iguain, yeah. so well, you better find a way to do that. Unless Pedro gets keeps on getting fouled in the box, so... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's what he does. That was a nice job of him to draw the foul. You saw, and you need to see this type of offensive play the rest of the season. The New York City game, I think of, they executed pretty well offensively yeah. in that game. And I'm curious, once Luis Diaz is in that lineup... You know, a healthy David Akam who was playing well right. and then he gets hurt. I think you are going to see some good play down the stretch here. I personally, I believe they might be in too big of a hole yeah. to dig themselves out of. But you you look at that New York City game and you see the offense that should have been there at the beginning of the right. year. So we'll see if they can carry well, that throughout the game. I, I think defensively, I mean, I thought they, you know, they, they played well and, you know, it wasn't like they were getting you know, beaten down the side. They're not you know, getting the, broken yeah, down yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. all mistakes. Right, right. And so, but, I mean, at that, I mean, still, Cornelli is a, still a young player. That's the one, you, you know, you try to head out or head forward, you know, never back in the middle where you don't know where anyone's at. But then, you know, he has a chance there at the end, too. To, Absolutely. You know, and put Port, it away. But, I mean, right. that, but again, like, you have a guy who's plays defense, you know, you hope that he scores, but it's not, it's not expected. But, I mean. From that distance, I right, think you well, got to expect but, but, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm saying know. I'm saying. saying as a defender coming in and being that close and that kind of stuff. I mean, they're not, he's not paid to, to score goals. There are other people who <laughs> get paid to score goals. So yep, um, absolutely. But yeah, I, I think one of the things that we've talked about on the show lots of times is the, the lineup. I mean, what is this the eleventh or twelfth or thirteenth different lineup against Real? Yeah. They had nine of the yeah. players of the starting yeah. eleven from the beginning of the year were different. Yeah. But, I mean, the lineup keeps on changing. That you know, the players are you know, so there's no consistency, which we saw last year or even the years before. We have the same starting eleven. You kind of get in a groove. You kind of figure out how they play. And let's just not assume that Luis Diaz gets right. in there and lights right. it up. Right. If he does, he's right. not a Brian Fernandez right. level transfer. Right. I think he he's definitely a guy that Porter in the front office think extremely mm. highly of. I mean, he's 20 years old, a fringe Costa Rican national mm. team guy. He's got a lot of right. first team experience as well in Costa Rica, but we need to see it. And I think he's a little more of a project as well. But then you also got to say that, hey, we're not scoring, we're not winning. So let's see what we have, see who can play with each other and kind of see what you got. And that's kind of what they did. And I think you'll see that, you know, here on out and just see 
see what you got and look look forward to next year. I mean, uh, are you at that point? I am. (laughs) Yeah. I can understand Uh, if people are, it just hasn't been exciting so far. But you've seen these moves, you've seen Porter bringing in people. I mean, he's even said in the post game, like we just need this, you know, we're not getting broken down. Mm -hmm. It's not a strategy thing. It's, we just got to put the ball on the goal and, you know, and that's, that's up to the players. How would you assess Porter and how he's handled the stretch with public comments post game and whatnot. I feel like it's. I think fans want to jump on him because you know the the team had did really well last year and you, you weren't changing a whole lot. But because of the whole situation, the owner and then him coming in late, you know, to the game and not really you know getting to say how his team is, even though he had a good team, things are a little different. But I mean. I think it's tough. It's a tough spot. You I know? think there's. But, I mean, he's a good coach, and I think it's just too early to say, "Hey, he's out" or "He's whatever." Like he hasn't even had his own t- his own say in his team, and everyone knows of all the just the crap that went on last year. And you know, I I just think that if everything would have gone well and things would have happened and players would have scored, you know, I think it could have been. But then you got players hurt. You got, you know, you know, you got three players, well, two and a half players basically out. I mean, Awful was out almost half a year. Valentino, Iguain was, you know, gone. So, I mean, there's your core group of players. So, I mean, I think it's been difficult. I think the fans just need to stay patient and, you know, kind of just chalk this one up as a inconsistent, kind of odd, weird, kind of, it's kind of just a, lost season I guess. Mike and I talked about this last week. That it's not of a question of it's a reality when losing international guys and injuries. Right. Those affect you significantly. You got to have guys who can then come into the lineup and produce right. and for whatever reason that hasn't happened. I don't think it's something that you're seeing tactically that's wrong. No. I mean we talked about with defense. You mentioned Cornelli is just the last game with Cornelli and Real Salt Lake. Those mistakes they happen but they shouldn't and it's not just him either. I mean it's been other guys that they countless times and we've said it I think to the point fans are getting tired right they're they're in great positions to create a goal and they they aren't doing it so moving forward it's it's just a question of yep. doing that well and it there is something to be said too about last year and the whole move and everything Tim Bezbachenko yep. came on this podcast and said you know I think that affected the players more than maybe we initially thought and then you think of 2018 they had two transfer windows they didn't do anything right. really they brought on Justin Miram yeah they signed Milton Valenzuela was a great signing and should pay dividends down the road for this club he was also a guy that was on loan before so not necessarily saying he's a guy you just went out and got immediately but the ownership is completely committed to building a championship roster right. it's not going to be a long time before this team's right. back up there so moving forward oh no i was just going to say you know since you were at the game you know on saturday yeah. seattle had 16 year old <laughs> running the center and a uh you know and a 17 year old up top can you kind of talk a little bit i feel that the homegrown side of things should really improve with the crew and just kind of how you thought they played well in that press release with dante washington being hired into the front office it said they've cut ties with Sporting Columbus, Mm -hmm. which has been the case where you could explain it better than I would, and and correct me if I'm wrong, there have been players that these clubs, the youth clubs... Around Columbus. Around Columbus, give to Sporting Columbus, or Uh, give to the academy to try out, and then they go to play at Sporting Columbus. Right, yeah, and not go back if they don't And then those clubs end up competing against Sporting Columbus. That's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. So I I think the recruitment process is going to be huge. You mentioned that one. Dante Washington. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's really going to, I mean, from what I've been told, if you're listening and you know ins and out, please let us know. I want to make sure that I'm correct on this, but the way that it was explained to me is um, a lot of the clubs here in town and here in Columbus, when the crew academy 
you know, they would send some players if they think they're good enough. And if they made the academy, that was great. It was, you know, it was a good thing for the club. But what was happening was the academy was holding on to all the players. And if you didn't make the academy, then you were down to the crew juniors. And so a lot of the clubs around Columbus were were mad because then they were end up playing against some other players with the crew juniors. And so I think a lot of coaches kind of took that the wrong way. And a lot of the clubs kind of were upset. Um, and so I think a lot of a lot of the clubs, you know, if, if their player wasn't good enough to make the academy, I think they wanted their player back. And you didn't see that. But I think that was under the previous regime. And I think bringing in Dante and some of the stuff they've done in the last six months have really helped that. And so I would I would think you would see, you know, more players kind of being produced through that homegrown, which I which I think the crew should been heavily invested from the start from, you know, not being a major market team. You have to have a good pathway there. We've seen that with teams like FC Dallas that have done that well. Atlanta United, right. too, have signed a lot of right. homegrowns for a young club. And they have Ben Cross, right. a U19 coach with the academy, now on the coaching staff. So you see it's there. Definitely something that's a top priority for this front office. So moving forward, just looking at the standings, you think if the crew get to 45 points, they have a shot. It's normally around 50-51 to get in. They have to get nine wins and a tie to get to that mark over 14 games with only five home games left. They have to get it done on the road, and that has been a complete struggle for this team over the past few seasons for sure. I think a lot of people have thrown the playoffs out of the window right now. This team hasn't, and they're you know, 14 games left. Who knows what's going to happen over transfer windows with people going, but they're, no question about it. They're running about 90 degrees upward right now. Well, I mean, you always have a shot when you get a, you know, an elite goal scorer and they get hot. So, I mean, I guess that's maybe your only hope at this point is Zardes, you know, kind of finds his groove and starts putting the ball in the back of the net more consistently, and hopefully you get good, good goaltending you know, in the back and, you know, the defense has been pretty, I thought it's been pretty good, you know, not, not terrible, but at this point, I mean, what else, you what, need what, to have, I mean, what do you, what else do you think? I mean, how else are you going to get that? You just need players that are able to serve Zardes consistently right. and well, we've seen time and time again that he just needs one touch to put it in. Yes. Sometimes he blows it high or blows it wide, but you got to think a guy right. who scored 19 goals last year, mostly off of a single touch or something, just get a guy to serve it in there, improve on the set pieces and score like they did at the beginning of the year. There's pieces to work with the rest of the year. Right. It's going to be a huge uphill climb. I don't think it's a complete lost right. cause though. I am curious to kind of, the one thing I'm, I am interested in watching is Zardes and Pedro Santos and how they play play off each other. You Absolutely. Know, I, I, I think Pedro's confidence has grown um, since he was put in this newer role. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens now with him and, and how, how those two kind of play off each other. He, sh- he should have played better when it was just him. The, right. the team needed yeah. him to step up, and he really didn't. Yep. But I think he's a guy who works really well with other players around him, right. as you saw when Zardes and Akam, who right. started to play much better. So we'll see. Hey, some some players can never be a one, but they're great twos. Agree so. completely. All right, we got some yep. questions from the fine folks. Yep. Kyle, why don't you All right, uh, Let me look. All right, since a lot of MLS teams receive friendlies from big teams to which they sell, when can we expect to see Manchester? City in Columbus. I want to see a re Caleb Porter and Pep Guardiola reuniting at midfield. Uh, maybe Guardiola is going to give that uh, the finger wave to Caleb as he did in the MLS All Star game yeah. back then. That'd be fun to get Man City in. It, I think they would just call in all their lone players. Zach would come back. Yeah. Who else? I was reading some story. I don't know the number of players, but Chelsea has loaned out. It's over yeah. fifty. Wow. It's yeah. and man, well, you got the deep pockets. You know, oh yeah, absolutely. 
And then the second part, as the team focus grouped any of you guys or other local media about press facilities at the new stadium? We actually did get a question. It was a while ago. It was just out of the blue from the communication staff. Like, hey, do you guys have any idea of what they want? Now that Charleston is leaving their stadium, I don't know if you ever went down there. They have, you walk up, there's also a pub below the press box, which is interesting. And I would like that in the new (laughs) stadium, maybe with some Wi-Fi and some outlets down there. But you walk up the stairs and there are autographed jerseys from really old Premier League teams. Get some of those in there. Some cool memorabilia of just the club history and also not be facing the sun. So facing the east would be pretty cool. With Williams arriving... what Mario Williams. Yeah. Is a Mullins trade imminent or will J.J. Williams be loaned out again? J.J. Williams needs games for sure. If there's a way the club can do that, I think they would pursue it. From what we've gathered, Caleb Porter does like J.J. Williams. I mean, you see how hard he tries to work for the ball. He needs to stay on his feet a bit, but he's he's young. He's 21 years old. There, there's stuff there to develop. Patrick Mullen, it depends of what they can get and whatnot, but if you're looking at the type of profile guys they have, Jossie Zardes can obviously score goals better than most than any player on the roster. Right. Romario Williams, J.J. Williams are very physical players. Patrick Mullins is 28, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, I could be right. wrong on on that, but he, he's a little bit older. I think he's probably the the man out there. It just depends kind of what you're looking. He's 27, by the way. All right, and then are there any specific wingers or players that the crew are looking for in the transfer window? There's been rumors of a Scottish winger, Chris Caden, who's currently out of contract with uh, Motherwell, which is where Neil McGinnis is from as well, and he's got a lot of experience in the Scottish League. Haven't confirmed anything independently, but there's one rumor there. You know, I, I reported it, he is oh, a yeah. winger. Yeah, sorry. So he's out of contract. He wouldn't require a transfer fee, which it was another huge thing about the Aloy Room signing. Right. To get a guy with that much experience is, is pretty good to not have to pay out a transfer fee for him. They're going to look for wingers. As I reported, nothing is imminent, but it is known that they're looking at players and specifically wingers. And if they do bring in a winger, you know, is I think there, it'll is there, be. Or, uh, is there someone on the out then, or no? It's tough to say. I think all that stuff is going to shake out though in the transfer window. All right. Is there any chance of Mafra Stadium hosting the U.S. Women's National Team Victory Tour game? Have you heard anything about that? I have not heard anything about that. Um, right. Would be pretty cool. I think I would definitely like to see that. All right. And then also somebody wants to know: Is Frankie still at the club? Yes, he's with the club. He was at the ceremony when Siggy Schmidt got inducted. So he's not doing like the, the running thing, but, but he's around for sure. And then is there any thoughts or rumors regarding which players will be sold for an international roster spot and or TAM? Well, now they don't have to necessarily, they don't have to move players to, they have to move them, um, not necessarily to another team. But they can either require, get a green card, which Milton Valenzuela got, so next year he won't occupy an international roster spot. That's big. If they need to acquire one, I'm sure they can go out and get one with Tam or Gam. As far as players, nothing as of right now, but I think that's going to shake out very soon. All right, and then we'll end with a good one. Here's my favorite. If you had to pick a food dish to describe this season, what would it be? Now, before we answer, I should say I have a sandwich right here in the room. It's not roast beef for the listeners that are curious about that. It's a chicken parm, which is another one of my favorite sandwiches. But so you people can make your memes if you want to there. <laughs> Kyle, you thought about this. What what type of dish to describe the season? I think it's like a six-hour jambalaya sitting there on a buffet, maybe at like the MGM Grand or something like that. And not like a 
Oh, I like would, it kind of looks kind of good, you know, just by looking corral. at the top. Yeah, the golden corral or, you know, but then you kind of lift up that spoon and you kind of look under it and you're just kind of like, uh Maybe it's like a chili with like a finger in it or Ooh. something. Bottom line is something nasty, which I'm not a fan of Eggs Benedict, but I wouldn't say that the seasoned Eggs Benedict because that's kind of a delicacy to people. It's a great question. Yeah, I encourage if, more yeah. like that. Yeah, if you have your dish, please let us know. <laughs> yes, leave it in the comments section and tweet at Kyle, not me. <laughs> All right, we got anything else? I mean, that was the best one. I think we kind of end on that one. So. All right, let's end on that. I mean, we've kind of answered some of them, some of the questions throughout this podcast. Yeah, Will and Jossie yeah, are yeah. back and they should be, yeah. I mean, they're going to play against Orlando unless something unforeseen happens, which who knows? Anybody can kind of tear an ACL this year, I guess. But with that, we'll leave it at that. Very high note to leave it on. Yeah. I'm Jacob Myers at Jacob underscore Myers underscore two five at k rob photo sorry you didn't get to put that in there yourself patrick I never kick did. us out of here <laughs>